0: hello i'm jim mallard host of the mallard report on the mallard report along with my guest we will have a conversation where we will share thoughts and opinions for more information my bio past shows social media links and so much more visit mallard.com m-a-l-l-i-a-r-d.com and thanks for listening Before we begin, go over to yeah, schooloferrors.com. David Perodin, he was on the first show of August. That'd be August 6th. We talked about um, school safety and some of the major lapses of thinking that go on with that, and it's a great book. And that's com. Go over and check out his interview, and then go buy the book, because I think everybody needs to read it, even if they don't have a child in school. But first and foremost, I, people are saying the intro music was good, which is a good, positive start to this mess. And thank and help, and thank you all for the birthday wishes. I um I'm not going to type thank you to everybody because well that'd be annoying to the people actually trying to listen. But my guest tonight is Dr. Rebecca Housel. RebeccaHousel.com. dot com. How are you doing this evening?
1: Hey, happy birthday, Jim.
0: Well, thank you. I guess you're from other places as well. But if I started reading your bio, we'd, we'd be here. You'd be like, "Well, it was nice <laughs> visiting with you." And we click.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it has gotten that way a little bit. You're right. Um, you know, the Psychology Today blog and all the things that that I'm a part of are on my home page on the on So you're right to just go right to that. We'll <laughs> stick with that. And then Seven Cups. Seven Cups is new. My my stuff is coming out. I think September on cancer and suicide. So I'm kind of excited because I love, love, love the editor, Shannon. Shannon, shout out to Shannon.
0: Well, give us it's a little awesome. bit more about that. What, what, I mean, obviously, I, I, I have a <clears throat> general idea, but why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you're, what you're talking about with
1: that? Oh, I, I apologize. Seven nah. Cup is the largest mental health website in the entire world and, um, Shannon, the editor, contacted me um, about three months ago, I believe, uh, and asked me to uh, become an expert contributor like I am on Psychology Today. But Psychology Today, I have my own column called Survive Anything, Um, and that's thanks to Devin, my editor there. Shout out to Devin. Um, But but anyway, 7 Cups is this great uh, mental health resource that you can actually talk to people, um, if you need if you need help, there's people you can actually talk to live right there. P- Psychology Today is great because it has listings. You know, you can plug in your your zip code and find professionals in your area, which is awesome. But um, Seven Cups, you can actually talk to people right away, um, and there's all these just a plethora of resources on every subject imaginable for every mental health issue out there. So it's it's a great kind of thing that i'm really happy and proud to be a part of so yay go mental health don't keep mental health
0: <laughs> and i i can't emphasize enough how important this is I, I think that that's where me and david left the conversation is we could do all these things but if we don't take care of the people none of the anything that we do will matter
1: B- boom that's exactly right uh so, so much of the you know, I'm known for as a pop culture professor, which is still true. And I was just at Fan Expo in Boston. Um, I think it was last weekend. I'm so losing track of time at this at this <laughs> moment. I've been up I've been up for a few days in a row, <laughs> trying to meet deadlines because I'm also wrapping this um, book editing project for Mental Health for Millennials, which is a book series. It's going to be seven books. We're we're coming up with the third book, October 10th, which is World Mental Health Day. And um, that's for uh, my publisher and my brother from another mother, Dr. Nile McElwey. He's, he's the head of Bookhead, publish, bookhead book on Publishing, and um, and that's, that's the publisher that I'm working with for the Mental Health Series, and also my poetry book. Not your grandma's poetry. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't think, I, 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 you know, I was thinking about these cheesy ways to introduce you earlier. And normally, I, I normally I talk about things that your your parents tell you not to talk about. You know, religion, politics, and money. Tonight, I'm thinking we're probably gonna go sex, drug and sex, drugs and rock and roll before this is all over.
1: You know what? You are so right. I am the sex and relationships expert for the Mental Health for Millennial series, and my chapter is about sex
0: yeah <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> <See, laughs> well, well, let's start with the easy. One. Let's, let's let's get the hard one that I ha- I didn't figure out how we we're going to get in here. Let's get rock and roll out of the way. Um, yeah. I'm not sure even what to ask about that, but we'll just pretend like I ask a good, smart question. Well, I I think pop. I is th- did they still make rock and roll music anymore? I mean, I know pop music, but it doesn't seem like. In terms of pop culture,
1: oh yeah, of course they do. Rock and roll, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tons okay. of it. I think that uh, it's all music is is now. Such a huge part of. I mean, I just, I just signed up for the uh, a streaming service, a music streaming service, because my friend's daughter, Annika Rose, y'all should go to at Annika Rose Music. She just dropped a new single, and and it's 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 incredibly good. I really feel like it's top forty stuff. But that's now part of like the backdrop of every TV show, every every movie. Similar to writing books, when people write songs now, or or. Produce songs like Annika Rose's new single. Uh, when you when you when you drop music, it's really with the thought of, "Hey, this is going to be in a soundtrack, or this could be, you know, we'll, we'll be used in a TV commercial." That's where the money is really made, not just uh, on the dollar twenty nine, whatever. Uh, although I guess iTunes is, is out. iTunes is going to be gone very soon. So music is still a huge part of pop culture every day. And oh my God, video games that's
0: where rock and roll actually excels, Right. Right. Well, I I was thinking because it it seems maybe this is just my bias, right? There's all this classical stuff that would cost too much money to put in video games or commercials or, you know what I'm saying? Like, Oh yeah. For instance, we'll just use my favorite band, the Eagles to, you know, Mm. to play one of them, one of their songs would cost you. Well, I don't have a mint out back, but it's pretty close to that. Um, (laughs) But if you could find something that's kind of in that same vein that you can get a little more modern sound to for pennies on the dollar, I, I think you're right. I think that's where the music is. And there's so, there's so much talent out there, but it's hard. It's, it's just like with anything anymore, that there's so much content, it's hard to find what you're looking for.
1: This is true like across the board. It's true in books. It's true in music. It's true on... Of course, television and film. When we have when we have all these streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, um, Amazon Prime, <laughs> which all have all of them, it is like impossible. Netflix is dropping new shows, new movies all the time. In fact, um, anybody out there who's ever uh, who, who's who's a Netflix person, you got to watch uh, my gal. Tell she's a writer and she wrote uh, loved it bees a love drunk, I think, is I'm sorry if I got it wrong, girl, because I'm you know, I'm I'm working on I'm working on six hours of sleep right now out of the last three days. <laughs> so I may not get all these titles exactly correct. I don't have index cards in front of me, damn it. But um anyway, it bees a love drunk, I think, is what it is. And uh, I the, the writer is someone that I know and she's wonderful. And um, anyhow there's so much out there. You you'd be shocked. Oh, Dairy Girls is a great example of this too. I love that show on Netflix. If anybody's ever seen it, it's it's based in Ireland. Um, all Irish, you know, actors and Irish uh, writer too, and uh, based in the 90, early 1990s, Northern Ireland during the time of the Troubles. And so um, there's so much content, though, like you said. How are you going to get through all this? Like. Unless Netflix has a has this great algorithm where they, that's the only way that this is working for anybody. Your your streaming services have to kind of prompt you, right? So I'll get an email from Netflix that will say, "Hey, we just dropped this new thing that we think you'll like, (laughs) based on what you've watched before." Otherwise, I can't get through all that stuff. There's no, I don't have enough time in the day. Um, So and and I and I and I work on twenty hour days, sometimes more. If there's a deadline,
0: which there is. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's remarkable because, you know, we we're talking about algorithms and, you know, artificial intelligence and how far is too smart, but that's, that's not you. That's some other guest. We won't get down that rabbit hole, but, uh, <laughs> 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 now the, the, analytics. Contra- so analytics are
1: something I use every day. I mean, I, I love the numbers. I need the numbers. We all do. Anybody, anybody who has a website or, who has any kind of, like, I know a lot of your listeners um, are, you know, like, I'm thinking about Dave in particular. Shout out to Dave. I'm pretty sure he listens every Tuesday. He is. Um, He's listening and, right now.
0: He's throwing up a whole bunch of random oh, questions that I'm not working in. But I promise oh, I'll get no. one from him in there. So
1: Yeah, what, <laughs> we got to get one from Dave. But Dave has a ton of Twitter followers. And that stuff, like, is all based on his algorithms and, and his activity and the things that he does. So, um, yeah, yeah, no, I think that's, I'm really excited because I love the numbers and I love the artificial intelligence and that's in pop culture too. So much of it's in pop culture (laughs) and it's also part of mental health, right? I mean, that's actually one of the chapters in the book that is coming out in October that I'm editing right now, the Mental Health for Millennials book, has a number of chapters that talk about how we interface with social media and when we're talking about the algorithms and artificial intelligence stuff, that's all to get you more engaged not less engaged, when in fact the more engaged you are the less happy you are like there's whole bodies of research about it you just get very depressed and you have to take a break from social media and technology for a few, at least a few hours a day
0: That's interesting because I was thinking about that this afternoon too and I scribbled that on my, my note, the more connected we are the less connected it seems we are
1: that's exactly right. And this, and this actually goes back to my pop culture. It made me think about Isaac Marion's novel, Warm Bodies, which became a movie, uh, with Nicholas Holt, who is very was the hottest zombie I ever saw, I'll tell you what. But, uh, at any rate, um, you know, that, that was the premise of that novel, that technology made us, you know, more, ever more connected, but also less connected. And zombieism only was, quote, cured. By human touch, human contact. Once technology was gone, zombies and humans were able to like the zombie part of the population and the human part of the population. Via the gorgeous Nicholas Holt, of course, was able to, was able to like act literally, and you saw it in the movie. You could actually see their hearts coming alive again because of human contact, and and that's the truth for all of us. Uh, And and this is actually part of my chapter, too. Part of my my body's work in this book series is about online dating and relationships and how it affects intimacy and commitment. Like, why would you commit to anybody when, you know, the next possible awesome is just merely one swipe away, (laughs) you know? So it's very hard now for people who are single and looking for love. You know, not everybody's looking for love with just one person <laughs> you know it's not a bad thing to uh, go out there and see what's going on and you kind of have to be ready for it but you don't have to be ready at all because you'll never be lonely thanks to things like kinder and, and, and hater <laughs> they all use algorithms they all track you they all use analytics so it's 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 really a huge part of pop culture part of love it's part of every part of our life really amazing rock and roll
0: So there we go. So there's a little cool, we'll tinge this into drugs for a second. This isn't really a drug question, but it kind of is because when I think of some, well, let me ask, let me ask the question before I prefer, um, I guess it's not preference because preference comes first. What is it afterwards? Anyways, we live in this, this is from Germantown runner, Dave. He's got this, he's got, we live in this quote unquote, woke, woke period right now where everybody is offended by everybody. Where every all right, where everybody, where everything offends everybody. Excuse me, I had to get that right because he'd hate me. I'm by This question. I know that's where. I, <laughs> what does it mean? What? But I've I've talked about. I don't remember when I talked about this, but I talked about this a few weeks ago. What did, What does this mean for comedy today?
1: Oh, comedy today, jeez, because he's going back to my roots as a comedian. <gasps> oh, thank you, Dave, for this question because I'm doing a fundraiser in Boston in February for this wonderful organization. Organization called Smile Mass that like um, they make uh, they make parks and beaches more accessible for handicapped people, and they give out for free. They loan out different kinds of wheelchairs to help people in these parks and beaches and stuff like enjoy vacations with your family. Um, I recently broke my leg and foot and ankle anyway, <laughs> so I needed to have what's called a Moby chair. And um, because I started my comedy career in Boston, uh, that's actually where I'm going back to and I'll be working with um, a couple of my friends, including the TV guy and counselor shout out to Ken Reed. I don't think, I don't know if he's listening or not, but uh, I think he might be. So uh, yeah, we're gonna he's gonna MC and we're gonna get some of our, our comedy pals to do this great fundraiser because we want to buy a couple of those Moby chairs. Of this organization anyway how does that affect comedy the idea of people being offended actually it only makes comedy better <laughs> because <laughs> if, you, if you ever you know when you think about like a good comedian like when I get up on stage I'm going to be doing like a 15 minute set for this for this fundraiser in Boston which, which will probably be held at Nick's Comedy Stop but that's not I don't know yet I haven't scheduled I, the venue or whatever but that's where I started that may be where it ends up Ultimately, which saw Warrington as, um, and I don't live in Boston anymore, by the way, but I'm, it's my hometown, so I'm always in that city for one thing or another. And and for me, I use self-deprecating humor. So you know, I'm not trying to offend anybody with my humor. People may or may not be offended, but when you're speaking about your own experience and using yourself as fodder for the comedy canon. Um, it's really hard to offend other people, and it actually makes people laugh a lot more when you get up on stage and talk about how, you know, (laughs) like this little chubby Jewish lady (laughs) is just saying, I don't know if I can say these words, but, you know, I'm saying every every inappropriate word that's imaginable. Before Amy Schumer was a sex comic, I was a sex comic, so long before she was probably even, I don't know, I think she's my age, so I don't want to say before (laughs) she was born, but... You know, I was up there, I started my, <laughs> I started my comedy career, by the way, my birth date is on Google, uh, which is bad, but it's, it's the right day, and it's the right month and day, but it's the wrong year. <laughs> that was a, that's from some, it's the originate, the, it, it originates from some French website, and I don't know where they got their information, but I'm right now in the process of like, in order to get stuff removed from the internet, it takes years, and it took me years to get my Wikipedia page removed, and uh, it's taking years to get this removed as well. But that's not my my actual birth year. <laughs> but anyway, back to Amy Schumer and sex comedy and comedy in general. I think that it you know it's not really if everybody's offended by everything, it's not exactly true either. But um, you know it is it is a more it is a more sensitive time we're more aware and I don't really think that's a bad thing I think it's great um, I, I, I actually think we're not aware enough we need to become even more so it's just the beginning it's the tip of the iceberg that way um, in terms of comedy I think it just makes more and more and more material out there I mean gosh I don't think I could ever stop there's, there's so much to laugh about now
0: <laughs> but it does a lot make for- to
1: laugh it- about and I to stay away from politics, but yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say it does make some
0: subjects more difficult though.
1: Um, like which subjects though? I don't know. I don't think so. Well,
0: well I I think maybe. Now this is just gonna be the stereotypical like man jokes, you know, about you know, following directions oh. and all those things or Yeah,
1: but that's what I use. I use that stuff. I use I use I use masculine thinking to make my jokes funnier. I'm talking a lot of the times I'm talking to men, especially in comedy clubs if you if you <laughs> it is a man's world after all, um even though you know men don't think so, which is How which is part
0: you? Of my,
1: <laughs> yes well, I actually was told recently that I was a sexist against men. I'm like, <laughs> um there's so many things wrong with that statement, but uh like you know, white men white, straight Christian men haven't made. And that's just the truth of it. Um, and, and when the ones that say they don't have it made, um, you know, are just like, they just sound ignorant. So, <laughs> they really do. Which is funny. It's funny. That's like the irony of it. Um, so, you know, I think it only enhances. As a comedian, I feel like, geez, I, I could make jokes out of everything and anything. And I don't look to offend people at all. That's why I use myself. And smart comedians try to do that too because it's hard to, to offend other people when you're making fun of yourself. You know, I'm not out there making fun of the audience. I think that some comedians do take that approach as well. That's not one that I particularly like, but, you know, it's live, so who knows, they're probably drunk when they're doing stuff like that.
0: <laughs> well, some people, but see, here's the other side of this coin. Some people just like the drama, right? Back oh, to the social media yeah. conversation. Some people just like yeah. the The bugs, being the bug zapper, for the lack of a better explanation. Now
1: you're talking about, that's a great way to put it. Now you're talking about with back to mental health. See how it all circles around? Now what you're talking about is these people who are, who have victim mentalities. Uh, The people that say, I don't do drama, are the people who usually do drama. (laughs) Because who even thinks about drama? Like, unless you, unless you're actively, you know, and, and, and it's really it's really it's really the victim mentality which which has to do with narcissism which in in turn has to do with an increased contact with technology and that sort of bad reputation that or not bad reputation but i would say poor reputation for the millennial generation in particular because the next generation's called gen z and they're too young to have a reputation just yet Um, But millennials span a huge, like, it's like a 20-year span um, in terms of years. It's one of the biggest generations ever. Gen X is this little, like, snippet between the baby boomers, which ended in 1963. That was the last official year of baby boomers. Started in 1945, 46, goes to 1963. And then, according to Gene Twenge of the University of San Diego, and her book in her 2006 book, Mi, and many, many articles and, and studies thereafter, the, the real cultural shift began after this seminal paper was written in 1969, and it began to filter into public school curriculum in 1972. So that's, that's actually the first kids that are, like, affected are born in the sort of mid, like, you know, 70s, Forward, even though if you go to Wikipedia, which we all know is so factual, come on now, um, it's like we'll say it's 1980 or something. And there's a number of researchers out there, also like legit researchers, who who kind of try to pinpoint it in the 1980s, just because it's easy. 1980 to 2000 is easy. People don't have to think about that much. But that's still not the truth. The truth in the states is that it started in the mid 70s. Anybody born after 1972 is technically a millennial because <laughs> you were you were affected as much as my kid who everybody I think knows maybe your audience doesn't know this but I had a child when I was a child so we're in the same generation it is a little on the weird side we walk around together it sometimes he'll hold my hand because I have some balance issues and uh, people think we're a couple we look like we're similarly aged um, it's a little bit on the odd side that way but we grew up with the same amount of contact. I grew up with a computer in my household and playing video games. And he grew up with the same thing because it wasn't until he, after he graduated high school, that the first smartphone came out, which was 2008 tablet came out in 2010. So, you know, the earlier, and he's not even an early millennial. He's not even from the seventies. He's from like the eighties. <laughs> so, so, you know, in the late eighties too. So, um, you know, when you think about that, it's really, really interesting how people born in the '70s, like the mid '70s, have about the same tech contact as people born in the late '80s, early '90s. Believe it or not, there just well, there were no smartphones yet when those people were born.
0: Oh yeah, right. I, rem- I remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, you no, know, of course, because you're you're that group too. You're a millennial as well. It's your birthday, man. It is, you're you're a millennial. You are like, I think, you're in your 30s. I'm not going to say anything else, but you're you're like right there.
0: <laughs> I'm halfway <laughs> the there. Weirdest. I'll say it. I don't care.
1: Well, no, dude, you're, this is the weirdest thing ever. You and I aren't like super far apart in age, but you and my kid are only like four or five years apart. It's so, it's so messed up. It's really, <laughs> it's really the weirdest thing ever. It's so weird. I have friends who have like, three-year-old, you know? and I'm walking around with, a, with with somebody who's, you know, literally is going to be 30 years old in, like, the next year. Come on. It's insane. <laughs> it's such a, I feel like I'm a time traveler.
0: <laughs> well, you are, in a weird sort of way. So, really, you, you let, let's, let's yeah. figure this, let's, we got this figured out, because you say we're not enlightened enough, and I'm thinking we need to go back the other direction and, and chill our jets about being offended about stuff. So... I'm a little confused. Okay. So what okay, you're you're, well, you're saying, how do we, okay, so I'm going to ask you this. How do we get more enlightened yeah. and get past the hump the other direction?
1: How do we get, how do we, right, you got to like Don't take everything, everything
0: so serious, like,
1: everything oh. makes people
0: mad. Like, you know.
1: Well, I think that that's, you know, a bit of a general statement. It's not exactly true. If somebody comes up to me and says nasty things about women, I'm going to be angry because that's something to be angry about. Um, that's not me being sensitive. That that's like no, no. Just,
0: but you know what I'm saying. Now, there are certain things. It. You know, there's there's, well, there's certain things that just the de- de- like we well, we'll use politics that that is meant to divide and conquer people, point blank. Well, but it seems that it's it's getting yes. so far apart and so you know, like there's water running between the two parties anymore. Like you either are or you're not.
1: Oh, are are we, are we talking about politics now or? Well,
0: kind of, but it seems like there's so many other, these other things that kind of, well, politics is the big shining example on the hill, right? That, how it's just ripping the paper down. But as, as we get down further, these other issues start to spring up that are going to keep ripping the paper down further and further. I
1: feel like a lot of it has to do with people. So the ones that are upset about, um, everybody being so offended and, and, and Dave, I'm not, pointing this at you at all. But I, I do feel like it's just a lack of awareness. Um, and those who are afraid of it are, are afraid because they want to continue to, um, to live their lives without, you know, without if you'll pardon, without being woke. You know, they don't want to be woke. They don't want to have to acknowledge, you know, they want to be able to keep saying things like, um, for example, There's a, there's a kind of a colloquialism, part of our language, the vernacular, that uses coal-faced, C-O-A-L-faced, and that is a thousand percent racist. And when I, like, but people don't think of it necessarily in the same way I've heard, now I'm Jewish, so no one who's Jewish get offended, but I've heard people use the phrase, Jew you down, when they're talking about negotiation. That's, that's anti-Semitic. I'm not being sensitive. It's not sensitive at all. Um, It it is what it is. And it's just that the people making these statements are so used to saying them, and they don't like the fact that they have to now curb that. Um, Because if you say something publicly on something like social media, for example, today, you will get fired. It's a very good chance you'll get fired. In New York State I just posted about this with that insta-scam about you know Instagram's policies now making it possible for them to use your pictures which was a hoax but any hoax that kind of makes you more again pardon the expression Dave more woke about uh, your privacy laws is really important because in fact there are no governing laws about your privacy on social media right now except for one law that was created in 1986 in the state's and it's archaic, man. It doesn't cover much. Um,
0: 1986, 86
1: maybe. Yeah, those people are. What are they like? 33, 34 years old. <laughs>
0: yeah. They, they used. They, they, their smartphone had a cord attached to it. But go ahead. <laughs> the,
1: the year there was no smartphones. There, there weren't even car phones yet. Um, um, but 1986, by the way, is the year of the tiger in Chinese in the Chinese Zodiac. Anyway, I don't know why that popped up, but it did. <laughs> I am the tiger. That's why.
0: <laughs> There's, see, I knew there was a reason that you knew that because I, I mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah.
1: That's all, the, you don't even want to know all the trivia. Every time somebody brings up any year, so much trivia just pops up in my brain. I have to, like, calm it down. But but at any rate, right now, your privacy and every all the policies, any policy on any – Social media website it's just that there what their policy which can change in from minute to minute company policy is not a law and many people don't seem to understand that um, laws is vary but state by state there is federal guidelines from that nineteen eighty-six uh, law but that was a federal law but otherwise there are no other federal laws literally no other federal laws that govern social media so in the state of New York for example if you're applying for an apartment or a house, or you've got a new job, or you want to get a new job, or, you know, you're a student trying to get into a college in New York, did you know that you're a landlord? You know, the admissions committee um, at a college, if you're trying to get a job, your employer can literally ask you for your passwords. It is not against the law for them to do that. And and, and New York State is what's called an at-will employment state. So if you're an at-will employee, what that means is, the powers with the corporations they can sue they can sue you they can you can't sue them I guess is what I'm trying to say for almost any reason they can let you go for being for for having blue hair they can let you go for any reason if you're an employee at will um, so so it, it really is law is super important and people I think uh, in terms of getting offended about things, how this might be, may or may not be connected, it, it, you can be offended about whatever you want to be offended about. If it's offensive, it's offensive and and it's like there's truth and there's truth, you know, like um, so if somebody says something sexist, that's not great, but your employer, if you're in New York state, can say and do pretty much anything they want um and if you're an employee at will, which you are in New York State, you can do nothing about it. you can be offended all you want, you can start tweeting about it they can they can fire you because you. <laughs> Because of what you say on social media, even, even if it's not that bad. So at this stage of the game, I'm recommending to people, you know, uh, like a lot of, a lot of the, um, celebrities I worked with through the Wizard World Tour, I still am friendly with, you know, and know them. Um, and in fact, I just saw a few of them from Fan Expo. I wasn't, I wasn't working as MC, thank God, but, um, I still, I still got to hang out with a few. A few fun folks while, while there who were also at Fan Expo, but not at Fan Expo. We hung out later. Anyway, um, I'm, a lot of them don't have Twitter accounts, you know, and if they do have Twitter accounts, it's not run by them. Like, I think Mark Hamill is one of those guys from the Star Wars, you know, Luke Skywalker. He, he actually does his own stuff for Twitter. But it's really, I mean, James Woods, <laughs> who is kind of infamous for a lot of things, but particularly, you know, was a voice, actor on Simpsons, um, and um, among many, many, many other amazing roles, but he's really well known for, for getting into a lot of trouble, like lawsuit trouble, for, for the things he said on Twitter. So, you know, it's like, it's it's legit, and, and even our president has been told he can't block people, because if you have a public Twitter account, um, and you use it to... For example, with, with with government officials like our president, you can't block people. If you're using your account, if you're a public official or a public figure even, and you're using your Twitter account for business, a public account, you cannot block anybody. <laughs> you're not I, don't supposed block, I don't
0: block anybody anyway, so that's here or there. That's, oh,
1: I block tons of people. Well, I'm, I'm you, a well, what, blocker.
0: <laughs> you, you're in a different position than me. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to that in a second. Um,
1: That's what she
0: said. Yes. <laughs> Dave, Germantown runner. Ta- homework for you. I need to know how many members of the House and how many members of the Senate are, are still left from passing that bill in 1986. Just, just curiosity.
1: Just curiosity, no idea, but I, I bet there's.
0: A, I'm go- okay. We're going to play the fun game here. I'm betting at least 12. I I don't know. You
1: know what, Dave? You've got to look that up for us. You, you going? Are you? Are you, I'm, are you go, I'm on air I'm live, babe I can't do that right now. But yeah, you, I, 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 look it up and you, let us know.
0: Are you going over or under twelve? Me? Yeah.
1: Oh, oh, you're asking me to guess. I, yeah. I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go
0: under twelve. There we go. So we'll get this sorted out before long. Here, I'm sure Dave's a, a, excited to have work to do, or somebody in the chat room can do it. I'm sure members Dave of Congress get a bit, up for a, I'm surprised. I'm surprised he doesn't already know. I bet, I bet
1: Dave knows. Dave is a great writer too, by the way. Dave is a is a good writer. That's his job. Oh, and, that's... and actually, Dave is such a good human being. On top of it all, when I was um, actually this is the time you and I you and I connected in 2013 for the first time, Jim and and then in like 2014, like so many bad things happened to me <laughs> through 2015, and Dave was one of those people who. Even though we've actually never met um, in person, he's a a real person. He's a transparent person. You know, he's like a legitimate, I could meet him. He's a real person (laughs) and a nice person. And he actually sent me so many, like, encouraging things. He's a sweetheart. So I just adore him, and I'm so glad he's listening tonight. He's a wonderful person. Wonderful, wonderful. Seussical, susically Wonderful, Dr. Seuss.
0: Yeah, baby, I love it. Okay, so where am I going now? Can you so tell I I had so coffee? Let's, let's, I let's, let's, coffee right
1: before I got let, out of that flag.
0: So <laughs> let's rewind the tape. No caffeine for me again. <laughs> let's rewind the
1: Good. tape. Because Kathy.
0: last week we already had this conversation, but nobody heard us. So let's rewind the tape and, and play a snippet of this a little bit again. Um, I guess it would be two weekends ago you were in, um, in Boston at the jailhouse. Or, well, it's a hotel oh, now. jailhouse now. Yeah.
1: yeah, yes, 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 Fan Expo. It was August 16th to 18th, or 15th to 18th, I guess, and uh, I was there that weekend. I was with Boston um, Sci-Fi Film Festival, actually. I'm working with them, and, you know, this is this is on the DL. I'm just, like, saying it out loud uh, on, on the air. Uh, so there's no confirmation of this yet, but so I'm not saying there is. But Eliza Dishku is probably, I'm hopeful, she'll be there with me along with TV Guide Counselor Ken Reed and a bunch of other fun people, and we're going to be doing some panels. And so um, we were we were with another podcast group who do, um, Matt and Clay are the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and I don't mean to give a shout-out to someone else on your,
0: no, that's on fine. your podcast, I or, mean... but
1: that's what we were doing we were doing. We were recording, broadcasting live for them. And uh, that was one of the things I, I was doing that weekend. And then, um, you know, and then the next day was worst sci-fi films of all time, which I really love, you know, sci-fi. So <laughs> it's funny because I met someone in Ireland that just made me think of that. So actually, um, you know, we're hanging out and I'm like, I'm, I got my iPad and I'm watching like at the time Star Trek Discovery, which I love, one of the latest. Star Trek's one of the newest Star Treks out there, fantastic, female female centric, and I'm, I'm so happy about all of it. I like. I wish I could take a bath in it. I love it so much. <laughs> and and this guy's look at the screen saying to me, "Oh, oh, that that's such shite. That's such shite. I fucking hate sci-fi. I'm like, <laughs> well, I cannot be your friend anymore. You know, go go f off, please. I just can't be your friend now." Uh, it's just, you know, anyway, sci-fi is like my favorite of all time, so so yes, I was staying in what used to be the Charles Street Jail, it was um, built, started being built anyway in the mid-1800s and has had some really famous prisoners like Malcolm X, a bunch of suffragettes, before the 19th Amendment was um, what was passed in 1920, um, many, many women were jailed in order to make that happen, the Women. Women today don't even realize the struggle that uh, those ladies had to go through to get us to have the right to vote. And uh, also, interestingly, um, prisoners that were held there were also um, German German submarine um, peeps that like were captured off the coast of Boston. Kind of scary to think of that that they were that close to the states and like ready to ready to fire. So they were captured, and they needed a place to put them. <laughs> So they were in this jail. So, so now Marriott, everybody knows Marriott Hotels, I'm sure. Marriott Hotels purchased this jailhouse and turned it into a, I'm quoting them, because I don't think it's a luxury hotel, actually. They turned it into a, quote, unquote, luxury hotel. But frankly, I thought everything was lackluster. Less, less luxury, more lackluster. Anyway, I'm, like, annoyed at that place for that, because it's really a party place. They have four bars and a club and then the lobby becomes a club. (laughs) So it's just like this crazy party place. But staying there was very weird. It still has the original like rotunda, the original structure of the jail and it has like all these all these kinds of um things that kind of incorporate they they market on that and they call it the liberty because of course it used to be a jail (laughs) and now people go there willingly to be more free. That's the idea behind it, but uh, Jim, I think that place is incredibly haunted. Like incredibly haunted. Like I didn't sleep for three days.
0: <laughs> well, it could be, and it, or it could just be all the active. Oh wait, active spirits from the bars. Never mind. We're not going to go there.
1: <laughs> yes, the active spirits. No, you know those bartenders were amazing. I have to say, I watched them in action a few nights in a row, and they were great there was literally a throng of people, 500 people at the pressing against the bar, asking for drinks. Um, and there's four guys behind the bar and, and the lobby, you know, the lobby has a bar, of course, because what lobbies don't have bars. And at a bar, it had a DJ, it had like disco lights. <laughs> it was the craziest, it was the craziest, it was the craziest place ever. I mean, it almost felt a little bit like a drug-induced induced dream, because then you go back to your room and, um, you know, it had like some of the original furnishings. Some of the furnishings, I guess that's part of the luxury aspect, eh? <laughs> it had a lot of <laughs> it had like original keys that were used in the jail. They're framed throughout. You know, they're they're framed throughout the hotel. But I had a room that specifically had original pieces of furniture that were from the jail originally. That was why I stayed in that particular room, and it included like a safe. It included this, like, was a bench, which I think was probably something they would tie prisoners down on. <laughs> I don't know, but it didn't look comfortable to me. And there was a lot of straps and stuff on I'm like, oh my God, it's like a torture chamber. And I honestly, um, didn't sleep. Not because of, not, and I'm not a, I'm a cynic, you know, so everybody should know that too. I, I'm not saying that things don't happen or that there aren't things that we don't know. I mean, that, that's pretty clear. That's the whole premise of physics, actually, that you may not always be able to see the causality behind an event, but it doesn't mean that causality doesn't exist. That can be applied to the paranormal, you know, across the board. So, you know, no one get upset with me that I'm saying I'm a cynic, but I, I'm not walking around, you know, believing that, that it's necessarily every noise is a ghost. That's not what I, that's what I mean by that. So, well, I, I um, think
0: that's the way to be, though. I think we all have to have a little bit of that. Oh wait, that was just dust. Never mind. We're not interrupting the show for dust, anyway. Sorry. Um, that was bad.
1: Exactly. No, for real. Like it's true. And we t- and we kind of joked about it last week when <laughs> when nobody could hear us. We were. I was like a ghost last week. Nobody could hear me or see me. Yeah. <laughs> and I you. was there.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, I we listened talking- back to that little bit recording, and it, it, I could have just I could have passed it off as an EVP. Would have been the best EVP no. anybody ever heard if I would have been yeah. playing it right.
1: Well, what's ironic about that, Jim, is in the future, when when I am no longer a part of this world, I may be coming sort of an EVP. Like, hey, Jim, you, know, you may actually be, it may be. Him. It may actually be to, you. <laughs> you'll have to compare, you'll have to compare to be like, I think this is Rebecca. <laughs> actually, it's going to be a long time before that ever occurs. Um, I'm not even sure that I can die. I'm a little scared that uh that's not possible. <laughs> so, I I mentioned having broken bones and um what was interesting was I I i, I you know, I have a, like a pre existing cancer related injury to the leg that got broken, unrelated to the breaks. But at any at any rate, uh the doctor initially told me it was going to maybe never heal. Literally, that it may never heal, um, and that I would have all kinds of problems. They were really like worried, and then there was no healing after four weeks at the next X-ray, and then somehow, in the next four weeks, everything healed, like like freaking Wolverine and X Men. (laughs) And the doctor, that I just saw him Friday, and he looks at me. He looks at the X-ray. He's looking at me. He's touching my leg. He's touching the ankle. He's touching the foot. He's like, pain here, pain here, and like, no, no, I don't feel any pain. And, and, he wore, and He's like, what happened? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I really, the, the X-Men gene kicked in or something. But, uh, it's very weird. I, I get a little worried sometimes, but I'm still young, too young to worry about that. Let's go back to the ghost at the jailhouse though, can't we? Cause it was really yes. weird. It was such a weird experience. And people know that when I was on tour with Wizard World, it was consistent, consistent that, um, lights would go out that things that you know later on I'd hear from the tech guy that things that were on the same breaker that shouldn't have both gone out but one went out and the other didn't they should have both gone out if it was a breaker issue so like he's like I'm I'm, I'm stumped by this stuff would happen all the time I'd be running a movie at the same time that I made and that would often like stay still on one part and or like it would it would flip back to it <laughs> that happened during my TEDx talk too it was very weird and the Ted people were not as abused as my, as my audience, you know, at wizard world. Um, but I was talking about one thing in particular at Ted and it kept flipping backwards to, to this other thing. And, uh, you know, I stuff like that and it didn't happen to anybody else's stuff. And in fact they were recording TEDx. all Ted stuff is recorded as they, as they were recording me. Um, Apparently, I was the only one of all the participants that nothing showed up <laughs> for the recording. I did a TEDx talk. I did it in 2012, but you cannot find it online because there's no
0: video. <laughs> I was going to say, how did I miss this for all these years that I've known you that you know I've been watching oh, no, I've, I know. I've watched I've probably watched one of those a week not I, I haven't overdone it, but
1: well, there's so um, many great you'll, ones you'll, out there. There is. Uh, mine was was called the story of medicine, but that's like kind of irrelevant because I'm now. I mean, I still work, obviously, in, in you know healthcare, mental health stuff like that, but um, and cancer. But um, I am going to be doing an actual TED talk, like with TED, not TEDx, not a local TED, but like with TED, TED. So that's going to be exciting, and that's going to be based on this forthcoming book, but also. Uh, which, you know, this this Psychology Today column called Survive Anything, as well as the stuff I'm writing for Seven Cups is part of it, too. It has to do with, with what I'm going to be talking about for Ted. And it, and as my editor, my lovely editor at Seven Cups, just said to me this evening, this stuff doesn't just apply for people who have cancer. The stuff I'm talking about can apply to parenting. <laughs> you know, you were talking about your, your previous guest, and talking about you know his work and it, it applies across the board. It's kind of a, a that's that's what I write about for psychology today. My survive anything column isn't just about one thing. It's it's how to survive these different like things as they come up. But it's a, it's a psychology. So if you can get the psychology down, you can literally survive anything. Because I have. <laughs> that's how I know I exist. Because I exist, I, I disprove a lot of things out there that people think can't happen, can't possibly happen. Nobody's ever blah, blah, blah. Well, but I'm here, so and I did. So that's, that's part of why I'm speaking out, basically, to help people kind of um, take control, reclaim agency over their own lives um, and not allow anything to stop them from moving themselves forward. No more self-sabotage. No more of that BS. We are going to take control and, and live. We have this lifetime only one time. I mean, maybe we come back again, but we don't remember, do we? So <laughs> Talking about past lives and stuff like that, past life regression, that's actually a kind of psychology, a therapy, um, past life regression therapy. But ultimately, you know, we really just kind of are here in, in existing. We have to take advantage of it to the best of our ability and not let People, society, laws, labels—like Dave was talking about, people getting so easily offended—that has a lot to do with labeling people and and social boxes, I call them. But you, you don't—you should never live in a box. We go in boxes when we die, not when we're alive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> too
1: much talking! Oh no, never again! No, it's never, never too again. much
0: talking. <laughs> never too much talking. It's good. Oh makes my job really easy to do of course now I'm starting to look at I'm looking at my notes looking at the time figuring well let's see which one of these cans of worms do I want to rip off and end this with um, how about this one this this one is more my cup of tea and I'm sure that you're going to have an interesting take on it as well um, this whole uh, viral event on Facebook of storming Area 51 see this crosses both of us right here ah it, If I think so- the last number I seen was like Two and a half million people, quote unquote, are going. Of course, I'm going, but I'm not really going, so it's a little bit less than that. Are I, we, I just marked talking, go what are we talking about the flamethrower
1: you Musk are not giving people
0: a flamethrower face or Area fifty one? Yeah, well <laughs> well not I'm giving them a flamethrower. Oh no no no. There's a, this whole you know, the whole thing that this was supposed to be according to the guy who originated it was supposed to be a joke that went viral before he got a chance to rein it in
1: oh the flamethrower
0: yeah well whatever i don't know it's all changed i mean it's supposed to, now it's supposed to be uh, like a woodstock out in there uh, in the desert i don't know
1: oh well you know it's interesting elon musk speaks and people listen so um there's that's part of that's part of this I, social media really this uh it's it's people with influence and this is something I love Elijah Bush too, for lots of reasons, but I worked with her for so long. And, uh, one year it was, a, we were right, like right before election when we were on stage at a comic con and someone asked her, her opinion. And she said, I really can't give it because I know that everybody here, especially, and then this is being, we were on wizard TV at the time, our shows would be recorded and then, you know, put on wizard TV. So, uh, which was a TV channel at that time. So um, she didn't want to say. I really respected her for that. She's, like, aware um, that she has power. You know, like Dushku. it was on uh, Buffy, Donald House, a lot of uh, interesting shows. Um, but she knows that she can't just say whatever she wants, and when she does say things, you know, she has to be more careful. And it's the same with Elon Musk. So, you know, I feel like people that, People that are that rich and that powerful and have that much influence, when they say something, it's not a joke. It's not an accident, and it, it's, it's quote unquote leaked. Come on, you know I might make that mistake because I'm, you know, working, you know, thirty one hours, you know, in a row or something, and I, and I. Make the mistake of getting on Twitter and I say something stupid. Like I don't have a whole team of people at my disposal like Elon Musk. So I think it's going to be interesting. Area 51 is a place that um, sparks a lot of interest for so many people because, of course, that life life isn't just on Earth, and and we know that. Like you know, it's no longer a um, it's no longer a myth. It's not like we have we've been chatting with aliens or something, but. I, I know that a lot of the NASA feedback that they're getting um from different different, you know, ways of looking into space and trying to analyze things that they they know that there's life. It's it's not it's not um no longer a question mark. So and I would think that we're probably not even the biggest fish in that
0: sea. <laughs> I I imagine we're not. Okay, so we've got A touch over eight minutes left, and the chat room has been lighting up with this phenomenon. I think I've talked to you about this before, so we're gonna, we're gonna totally grind gears, everybody. Sorry, but we're doing it. For them, they want to talk about 1111 and the phenomenon of seeing that (coughs) number.
1: Twin Flames! Yes. Yes. I have a whole category on my blog, hashtag Twin Flames. Go, everybody, go. Hashtag Awake Life. You've gotta go to that. Yes, yes, yes. 1111. So numerology is super ancient. It's just like the zodiac. It's apparent in every culture, across all religions, across all geographies. It's in literally everything. Uh, it's so interesting in the Bible. If, if you, if you're like, you know, very religious in terms of Bible, Bible-based religions, you, you're good there too. There's a lot of numbers that mean something. And 1111, um, is, is, the, the, the number 11 is the ultimate master number in numerology. Um, and, and, Every other master number thereafter is built off of eleven. Um and eleven is the only number that cannot it can it can be added together and, and made into a two, but it's two one. It can't be simplified beyond the two one. So it's like a very special number similar to Tesla. Tesla loved the number three six nine. And this kinda goes back to interestingly to Elon Musk, who who basically, you know, stole Tesla's name and I don't know if he stole it exactly, but he's He's making money off of it, we'll put it that way, and um, through his through his car company, and Tesla loved the numbers. He was into numerology and a lot of other things, uh, the occult, etc. 369, he believed, was the key to the fourth dimension. Um, and I just wrote a piece, actually, if you want to go to RebeccaHelzel.com right now, I wrote a piece called What's in a Name, and I talk about 369 and the fourth dimension, um, I also talked about 1111 in that same piece. So twin flames—it's the idea of being separated at Earth—that you are one, your soul is half of, of another soul, and that if you exist on this on this plane, so does your equal. But it doesn't—it doesn't. It doesn't I, I really caution people from a mental health perspective. I really, really caution people to avoid using labels of any kind, including twin flame, including soulmate, that kind of stuff leads you to justifying relationships with, with otherwise, you know, abusers, basically people who are abusive, and you, like, excuse it and justify it by saying, but that's my twin flame. No, it, it, it can't be, <laughs> because your twin flame isn't, isn't uh, you know, shooting arrows in your house. Your <laughs> twin flame isn't, you know, trying to, like, you know, sabotage your car or your, your credit or you know, any of these other things. Where people are like, yeah, but he loves me. Oh, my God, no. No, baby, doesn't. In psychology, let's go back to reality. In psychology, we all do what we want to do. Our psychology, human psychology, is based on a want system. So if you you get a reward for doing these things, right, you do what you want. Even if it's something that people are like, oh, I'm sacrificing for all these people. Why would I want to do that? Because you like to feel like a martyr. That's why. You like it? You know what I mean? That's why you're doing it. You are getting a reward for it. It's, you want to do it. It may be hard. It may not be something that you're articulating that you want, but you must want it because you are doing it. We all do what we want ultimately. And so Twin Flames, that's the 1111. That's Awakening. It's connected to Archangels, the number four. If you simplify, if you put together two eleven, it becomes a 22. A 22 is a four. Anything connected to four is, is connected to Archangels. And, you know, awakening, enlightenment, evolution, unconditional love, love of the self, which is which is really what I write about. It kind of all, that's how it started for me. Weirdly, it started with that idea of researching the monomyth. I call it the monomyth of human loss and love, the twin flame narrative. And it started with that, my researching it and researching numerology. And that's where all the psychology stuff started to come in. Um, it's 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 fascinating to me. In fact it reminds me a lot of the monuments of the human condition which Joseph Campbell identifies in his book Um Here with a Thousand Faces which came out at the turn of the twentieth century and um and, and he uses Carl Jung, who is one of the founding fathers of psychology. You're either Jungian or you're Freudian. You know? <laughs> I am definitely Jungian <laughs> even though I write about sex. <laughs> <laughs> That's a psychology joke because Freud loved sex. Anyway,
0: um, oh, yeah. So mind. hopefully, we'll I, a <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, I answered that question
1: about. I complaint. think you did. Okay, so awesome.
0: The, now the next question pops up. What what does nine mean? Because apparently somebody has problems okay. with the number nine.
1: Okay. I don't know if you have a problem with number nine, but the number nine um, is a is the number of karmic completion and wholeness. It's in doubles, you know. So if you see number nine in doubles, it's 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 also an indication if you have nine in your chart, uh, which everybody does. If you're born in the 20th century, you have a nine in your birth date somewhere. Um, it it has to do with with being a light worker. Um, but let's say if somebody's born on like the 27th, like I have a friend, an artist, a glass artist named Joe, who's born on the 27th of June. We just I just saw him actually a few nights ago we had dinner and uh, that's why he popped up. number 27 becomes a nine. So if you're born on the 27th your soul number is actually a nine. That's how soul numbers are derived and, and a soul number is similar to like the zodiac in that you know I wouldn't I wouldn't I, I don't think you should take it incredibly seriously but I think it is interesting that a lot of the, the corollaries um, that kind of pop out for people. I just read someone's numbers in a restaurant the other night. Um, kind of on the fly and, and actually she had a nine soul number. So this is kind of cool. And, and the things I was saying to her, she's going, Oh my God. Oh my God. It was like, it was, she's like, are you a psychic? I'm like, no, girl, I'm <laughs> not <laughs> psychic. I'm a scholar and I just know a lot about human history and culture, but number nine is also connected to romance. So, so anything that's to do with nine, you're probably looking at completion doubled, definitely heading, heading toward a completion of life stuff. I have people who, who's, whose numbers, like, add up to 999, and that's definitely you're on the planet, I would guess, to, you know, at least your numbers indicate that you're here to complete, truly complete, um, you know, these sort of your your journey, whatever that means. I have no idea because I'm, I'm here, too. <laughs> I can't tell you what happens after. But, I you know, generally these numbers seem to make a lot of sense. And like the Zodiac, we share some traits with, with our signs. It's the same with the numbers. Um, and that's why numerology has persisted for so long across all cultures. Um, so, so any other number questions while we're before we end?
0: No, I've actually got to give you a chance to promote uh, your website and all that other fun stuff in about thirty seconds.
1: Okay, I'm so sorry, everybody. Send me questions <laughs> on rebeccahassel dot com and go to rebeccahassel dot com and search "survive anything" on PsychologyToday.com. dot com and go to seven cuts in September. You can see. My articles on suicide. Um it's Suicide Prevention Month and my my uh very good friend of twenty years passed away uh that way and he his birthday was in September, so I'm very happy that I'm getting to, to talk about that and write about it a little bit. Um and I I think, you know, also I think it's Stand Up to Cancer is in September, so check out that Seven Cups um article and I've it for now. I kind of forgot where I lost my. <laughs> That's good because
0: now the, mu- the music started to play. I'll talk to you in about 30 seconds. Hold on. Okay,
1: thanks.
0: The views and opinions expressed on the Mallard Report are those of the host and participants. For past shows, social media links, and so much more, visit Mallard.com. M A L L I A R D.com. And thanks for listening.